Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor and a special deal for our listeners of Karen Isn't Always Right. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan, or videotapes, audio tapes, or film reels that you need to import, you should check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name, Karen Isn't Always Right, when you order, you're going to get 5% off and a portion of your order is going to help support the podcast, Karen Isn't Always Right. All of those formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All your memories can be stored safely on the cloud or even a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AV Gear Guy has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media and they can accept orders from anywhere in the U.S. Don't forget to mention the name of Karen Isn't Always Right and get 5% off. For more details and to book, visit their website at avgearguy.com. That's avgearguy.com. Hey, Karen Isn't Always Right listeners. It's Christopher here with another special episode of Karen Isn't Always Right. This time we've got Danny on, and this is Danny's second time on the show. You may remember his last episode titled, Danny Might Think I'm a Bitch. Uh, But this time he comes on to share his uh, movie theater story, how he got involved in movie theaters. Uh, We go off on some tangents about a variety of different things, but at the end of the day it's all about you know, why we love working in movie theaters and, and what the appeal is and why we have such a passion for it. I always enjoy talking with Danny, um, and so I hope you guys uh, enjoy this episode as well. So without further ado, here's Danny. What's up, Danny? What's going on? Nothing. Welcome back to Karen isn't always right. But she thinks she is. She does indeed. <laughs> I was telling Jeff the other day, man, I, I, I don't know that I've wanted to be yelled at by a Karen so much in my entire life as right now, you know, because that means we're, uh, we're in a theater working, but here we are. So yeah, I don't think I don't think I necessarily want to be yelled at, but, uh, you know, but you know to be dealing with people right now. You get know? the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same point, so, different perspective. Yeah, so like you know, like you know, what I was saying before we uh, before we actually started recording, um, you know, we're just kind of taking taking a little bit of a turn on the podcast and just kind of focusing in on, you know, why people like you and I have stuck around, you know, in movie theaters as long as we have. Because I mean, I think we can both agree that when we got started, when we did, the pay wasn't exactly, you know, <laughs> the draw, you know. So clearly, there was other stuff that was drawing us to it. So. I think we should just jump in. Why don't you tell me kind of like how you got your start and why and all that good stuff. Uh, always been a movie person. So, I mean, that's what really got my start. Uh, started in 1988. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the movie theater I started at um, was in a mall. So that was, that was you know, a double, a double appealing thing to me because it was in the mall. The hours were good. Um, you know, I'm a workaholic anyway, always have been. So even at that age, you know, it's like I didn't mind working the hours. I was glad to do it, uh, you know. Was it your uh, first being job? Around. Third. Third job? Okay. Third job, yep. So um, so I'd done, I'd done uh, first job was Ponderosa, second job was Taco Bell. So, you know, I was in the restaurant foods, food anyway. Yeah. And back, back when I was at those restaurants too, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say their names, but anyway, um, <laughs> the um, – the the second the second job we used to make our own food and of course they don't do that anymore sure. you know we, we you come in in the morning you cook the cook the, the beans in a pressure cooker you fried the beef you grilled the steak and chicken oh, wow. you fried you fried all the shells in house i worked at Taco the Bell lettuce. for a little bit that doesn't happen anymore yeah no 
now everything's re-thermalized now. So yeah. I mean, it was a different experience. So that's that got me, you know, kind of as you know where I'm at now. You know, that's so I, yeah, I've been around the restaurants, and then of course the theaters was was it was still food, but it was simpler. You know, back when I started in 1988, we had um, uh, in, in a movie that, before you ask because I know you asked this before, but uh, Scrooge was the movie that was that was uh, <laughs> was out then. Hey, you're listening. Uh, was one of the ones I remembered. Um, so you had a manual ticket machine, so you, you can only do five tickets at a time. That's as yeah. many as you could print out. There were no cash registers or calculators. You yeah. had to add everything in your head. You had to make change in your head. Um, you know, somebody coming by popcorn. You know, it was popcorn, soda, and candy. I mean, that was that was the extent of it. Hot dogs and stuff. No, those came no. later. Okay. So it was, it was basically, uh, you know, it was popcorn, candy, um, and that was it. You had to add up everything in your head. You had to make change you know, and going about your business and still, you know, um, still. What state were you in? I was in Ohio. Ohio, yeah. Um, so it was a mall, had eight, had eight, eight theaters. And I know Jeff touched on this because, because, you know, we, at, later on down the road, we actually worked together at the same place. It was less theaters. But when I went, when I started, it was eight screens. So you had theater one, which was 1,100 seats. And then when they had to add ADA stuff, it went down to about 1,000 seats. So yeah. between 1,000, 1,100 seats. That was the one you told me about? Yeah. yeah, four aisles to come in. So you had a center section to, and a side section. I mean, huge. So I want to ask something that I meant to ask him because I worked for, for Dickinson. We had like a 900 seat auditorium at one of the theaters, but the aisles were carpeted. And that was the worst thing in the world when you're an usher is having these carpeted aisles. Did you guys have carpeted aisles or, or concrete? No. Yeah. No, the the well the the aisles were the 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 walk ins were carpeted, but the actual but aisles where you sit were tiled. Yeah, okay. the rows were tiled. Yeah. Okay. So the aisles, you know, the four aisles were carpeted. The front was carpeted. Okay. The lobby was. You carpeted. want to kill yourself when you got carpeted rows, man. Oh, yeah, that's what I deal with now. So yes, <laughs> you know, twice as four times longer to clean with half yeah. as many people. Yeah. So. And hokies don't work for shit. So no, sorry, hokey. <laughs> they, they do uh, uh, the 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 Hague has seen to work really well if you get if you get one of the, the small yeah ones. yeah i like those um yeah. the the other thing that we found is you know um uh, they sell uh, uh their makita sells a backpack vacuum that's battery powered okay best thing in the world for that circumstance so that's the only way you can get it clean fast enough at my last theater uh we got a makita uh, like a wide area one for the hallways it works works pretty awesome the backpack works great because you know when you're dealing with carpet down the aisles. I mean that's that's the only way you're gonna get clean. Especially you know, when it's tile. When it's tile, you know you get a 24, 36 inch broom. You run it down yep. to the end. Mop, somebody yeah, sweeps just, up the piles and you're yeah, done. Yeah. I always use a broom. You know, yeah, you can use a dust mop. I just tend to use a broom because when you get in the water, it doesn't destroy it like it does right. a dust mop. But, yeah, that's the downside too, for sure. But but yeah, but either way, you know, you're pushing it to the ends and going back and forth, and somebody mm -hmm. sweeps the piles up and you're done. So this one comes. So anyway, Sorry, not to interrupt. This one company that I worked for, the last one, uh, it was great because you could you could sweep it all the way down and then dump it into the next row, and then and then get down to the next row and sweep under the seat all the way back down. And you just zigzag. By the time you're done, you're all the way. You have a pile all the way down at the front row. Right. But the company now, you just have to do each row individually. I can't believe we're sitting here talking about <laughs> sweeping. Whatever. Anyway, go on. Go on. Well, to clean, you know, to clean a thousand seat auditorium was was quite an undertaking. You know, no shit. Yeah, three, you better three, have some efficiencies, people. man. Three, three, four people, because you know it was a sold out, and you had, you know, you had a thousand people waiting to come in. So yeah, for sure. So there was eight screens. You had to, you had the, you had the eleven thousand, eleven hundred seat auditorium, which was the 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 jewel. You know, mm -hmm. I still miss that theater to this day. It still exists behind the store that they put in the lobby. Oh, no way. Was. 
Yeah. Actually, three of the screens still exist. They're, they're just walled off and they're behind the storage oh, that crazy. they actually put in. Yeah. Um, so you had that one. Then, then upstairs on the mezzanine, you had two, uh, number two, which was the second largest. And you had three and four, which were, which were smaller. Okay. And then down the road, they added five, six, seven, eight, which were shoe boxes. The, the, yeah. the, the booth ceiling was so low, it would touch your, the, the <laughs> beams would touch your head. So, I mean, it was just enough room to platters, you know, this is back in film. So, yeah. You're doing platters and everything. So, my boy that I'm hosting today, he uh, we used to work at a small six screen uh, AMC, and they had their their booth was on the same level as the auditorium, and so they used mirrors to project the image back out. Wow. So it hit and then bounce off that to another mirror that would project out. So if there was writing, it would project, you know, back the same way. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I I did a lot of work on the two, three, and four was my main that's where I was assigned to because you, you would either be assigned to one. Now, obviously in, in busy times and it happened a lot during the holidays because somebody always called off, you know, yeah. and we need you to go down to cinema one and you would run down there during their, when their movie was coming in, then you would come back or you may get sent down there your whole shift. Just What'd you do? So, Were you concession? I was everything. everything. You, there was no department. You just came in and you got trained. You did everything. You did okay. a box one day. You did concession one day. We had to work on yeah yeah um and of course you know the box office was a cushy job because you just sat in the box you know yeah. basically you could sit down and just you just sit and waited for people to come i always and, liked usher though i always liked yeah and i still do i liked the ability to just be able to go wherever get very little supervision you know i just i don't know i always thought it was better i hated concession i just i didn't always like concession it. but you know i i like i like the old school concession when you were selling candy soda and, and corn Mm-hmm. not 860,000 items, for real. you know, and people can't figure out what they want or what you sell for some reason. Yeah. It's changed so much. Over the years, and then the but, transaction times are so much longer. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 So, so that, that's what got me started. I just love movies. And then, you know, from there, it's just, you know, I've, I've, I've always worked two and three jobs and I'm just a workaholic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I worked at an art house and actually built a Cinerama screen. I don't know if you're familiar with Cinerama is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three projectors. We actually built the strip screen one strip at a time. Jeez. Put in the three booths. You know, um, the guy that set it up, um, he was Mr. Cinerama. Um, name's John Harvey. I don't know if you know who he is, but uh-uh. he actually, he actually, uh, we, we, set this one up because normally would take three projections well he said that so one person can do it he was just he would bounce he would bounce back and forth between all three uh projection still uh, platters projectors oh yeah yeah okay yeah um so he would bounce back between all three to make sure everything stayed in sync and you know but the actual you know the actual cinerama screen um so i you know i did that so like i said you know i've my, my start was I just liked the movies. I got free movies. It was in the it was in the mall. So you, you, you when you're off work or during work, when you got a break, you can go to the food court or go to the yeah. arcade, which is right next door. You know, um, so there, you know there's a lot of a lot of pluses. Uh, the hours were good. You know, yeah. it was and it's and it's always and I tell I tell kids this even nowadays. It's the funnest job you ever have. Yeah, you know, there's work to be done, but you can make this the funnest job you ever have. Now, you know, that's that's entirely up to you, but the job as a whole it's movies man what, yeah. what you know you're hollywood you know so so you're involved in all that so that's you know that's that's basically where i got started and you know i've been 
uh, been in it ever since. I think I, I think since '88, I've been out maybe five years just doing other things. But normally, I'm even when I'm doing other things, I'm also doing that part time because I yeah, just that's like how it was for me too. Yeah, especially yeah. in high school and college, but even in, in in my adult years, you know, like in high school, I remember I work at uh, worked at grocery store in a theater one summer, and then another year I was a greenskeeper on a golf course, and then worked at the theater. Another year I was working at Applebee's, and then at the theater, you know, and I just kind of rotated a, around. So I, because I was one, you know, like you, I was a workaholic, wanted to make money, you know, and I couldn't always get as many hours as I wanted to at the theater, so. Yeah, just do whatever. That's right. Yeah. yeah, when I was in high school, I was working three jobs. Yeah. You know, feel like, why well, you always got money? That because I'm always working. working. You know, yeah. it's and you know, I don't have time like, to spend it. So right, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you have no time to spend it. Yeah, that's for sure. But you know, yeah, I had to put gas in my car and pay for my insurance. You know. Yeah. And and like I said, it's how I raised my kids. But you know, I didn't give them all that stuff. You gotta you gotta be able to pay for that stuff. I'm not putting gas in your car and paying your insurance and. Yeah. You know, you want a car, you need to save up for it. I'm not, you know, it's just, that was just always me. And that's what I did. And, yeah. you know, I turned out okay. My kids turned out okay. So, you know, that's I was, so, <laughs> so, you know, like I said, it was just a thing. So that's why I was always working. And, and you know, I just like working. It was just, you know, it was nice to have money when you wanted to do something. You know, when I wanted to, you know, obviously in high school or whatever, you know, arcades and movies was the big thing. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with the, there was used to be a place called Malibu Grand Prix where you could drive cars. Yep. I want money to do that. You know, well, I can't do it. Well, I'm going to do it because I've right. been working three jobs. I'm off Saturday. So, yep. you know, I'm going to drive some cars. I got to go by myself. I'm going. Yeah. I'm getting a hundred tokens and I'm going to get me, you know, 10 laps and, and go to town. So, yeah. you know, so that's, you know, just to be able to do stuff like that and, you know, even, even living at home, you know, just being independent, you know, you're, you're, my mom was, you know, it was her phone, so stay off the phone, you know. Well, I got my own phone line in my room, and I paid for it because I was working, you know. I want to talk on the phone. That's what I got to do. That's what I got to do, you know. So it was, it was my decision, and, and you know, she, you want to stay on the phone, get your own phone line. So, you know, okay, that's what there I'm going to do, yeah. you know. So but I know I'm kind of skewing no, off here, but, but yeah, but that's, 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 you know, that's how I got started. And like I said, I, I it's, it's a great business to be in, um, you know. And what we're going through now, like I said, uh, I think everybody, most everybody, I think there's going to be some companies that are going to be uh, collateral damage. Yeah. But I think the business as a whole is going to actually come out better because there's going to be a lot of, a lot of pent up demand for it. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, people are going to come out in droves just, to, just to be around other people. So oh, for sure. Yeah, I know. agree. I mean, you listen to me and Jeff, right? Is that the mm -hmm. last one you listened to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree that I think, you know, we've heard so many people over the years, oh, the, you know, the media likes to talk about it. The, the movie theater industry is dying. The industry is dying. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't agree. And now that we've seen so many people, you know, have stuck in their homes, not being able to do anything, as soon as we open those doors, man, you know, I, and honestly, I think it's going to be regardless of product, because I think one of the concerns has been, you know, what, what are we going to, what are we going to play if all these if all these studios keep pushing movies? Well, one, first of all, those studios can change the release dates again if they want. But secondly, we play Bugs Bunny for all I care, and I'm sure people will still come see it if it means that they can watch a movie in a movie theater. Personally, well, even, my opinion. But well, and even if they have to do reduced rates or free, and they yeah. bring in old product, you know that'll get them in the door just to be able to see stuff. So sure. you know, I don't think I don't think I, I agree with what you're saying. If product was an issue, we wouldn't have sub-run theaters anywhere. 
Right. So I don't think, I don't think it's a product issue. You know, it's, it's, it's people want to get out. People want to get back to the theaters. You know, I think there's pent up demand right now for, for movie popcorn. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people, people miss you. You, of course you can, you know, of course you and I, I make it just like I do at the theater at the yeah. house. Cause I know how to do that. Yeah, exactly. Not everybody knows how to do that and what to use. So, you know, there's other popcorns, but there's just something about going into a movie theater, smelling that popcorn and eating it. So, Sir, do you have vegan popcorn at your house? (laughs) (laughs) Is that soy-based? You're Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Is that gluten-free? Yes, it is. I don't know. Let me check the package. Yeah. So, so, you know, uh, there's a a lot of dependent, but, and and let's be honest, the the movie, the movie industry, you've been in long enough. The movie industry has been dying for 20 years, if you listen to the. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you listen Longer to than that, really, if you, if you experts, really yeah. but 20 years has been real big. All oh, this, this is dead, yeah. you know, because that's when the internet really started to hit. Yeah. Then as we got in, oh, it's dead. What's funny is dead, and we're setting records every year on revenue, uh, revenue you know, 11 yeah. billion. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, and look, I, I think it's cool. I think streaming is an amazing <laughs> technology. I think it's awesome. But if I if I want to go do something. I'm going to go do something. I don't like sitting on my ass on my couch all the time. And sometimes I'd rather sit on my ass somewhere else, but like do it as a family or do it as a couple or sometimes even just by myself. Like I, I want to get the movie theater snacks. I want to sit in a movie theater chair with a huge screen and see it that way and have that experience and, and just get out and go do something, you know? So even if I have it on demand at the tip of my fingers, I still like to go see it in theaters and I don't think I'm different. You know? No, you know, unless, unless you're a gazillionaire and you actually have a, you know, a $50,000 theater room and, and an actual popcorn popper that they would use it at, at a cinema, I, yeah. totally the same way. You know, yeah. there, there's a big difference, you know, and, and yeah, TVs have gotten bigger. Okay. So let's do 82 inches. It's still, pales in comparison to go, you know, to go into to your bigger theaters, you know, 35 feet by 75 feet you know right. you're not even you're a corner at 82 right. inches yeah. you're a exactly. corner you know even if you have a so, projection screen you still can't be a regular no. you know especially I mean, in talk, terms of quality but right i mean you can get you can get close on quality nowadays i mean yeah. because it's just there but you're still even you know but you, the average person isn't a nerd all right yeah. well you go 120 inches you're still 10 feet so you're still just yeah. a corner yeah you know so you're still you're not yet and the sound systems you know like I said, if, if you if you put a theater in your house, you know, you had the, the ability to do that and you spent the money to sound the sound deadening materials and putting the speakers in the right place and tuning it up like they like like we do, you know, uh, EQ and everything out, then yeah, I would probably sit in my house because I didn't, wouldn't want to go. You better know. make sure you've got masking though. <laughs> I don't know if you're on there's, there's a, a site and look I love the site and I'm not gonna say it by name but you know it's on Facebook and it's out there but these guys they're die hard you know and they've been around for a long time and I think a lot of them have worked in theaters but some of these guys man they are so like intent on masking being put back in theaters and that's well like, I honestly I miss that I look I miss it I'm not saying I don't but at, at the end of the day it's like look these companies know what they're doing. They're going to do what they think is the best thing for the for the theaters at the time. It's not necessarily needed anymore. Um, I will I will I will disagree with you, and I'll I tell know. you why. I mean, if you honestly, you go into your theater, your old theater, even if you're watching a flat, which you know people are like, "What is he talking? Yeah, one eight five to one? What's he talking about?" This okay. probably does know what they're talking about. One point eight five to one. 
Okay. That takes up your whole screen in your auditorium. Yeah. But then you go two, three to five to one, you have empty space top and bottom. So it's nice to have that masking. But it's still crisper than it was when it was film. Yes. You know. Unless you got a green unless you got a green print, then it wouldn't I mean it's pretty But I think that's the the point is that look, the guys on that site, they're like the only ones that that care, you know. And I'm not saying that's not important, but at the end of the day, we're appealing to the masses, you know, and and is it really worth it for five guys, you know? Well, let's let's go one step further. Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna design these articles, for this, aren't I? No. Oh, <laughs> not at all. No, from this those guys, not from. Oh, you. probably, probably. <laughs> but but here's here's the other part of it. If we're designing these screens for flat, or let's say we design a screen to scope, then you know. My thing is, is obviously scope. You get a better, a better overall view. Yeah, absolutely. So why not build the auditorium for scope and shoot every movie scope? Yeah, I never understood you know, that either. Yeah. Why? Why are we? Why do we even know, have two options? Well, yeah. yeah, and and when I worked in art house, I did sixteen millimeter, thirty five millimeter, seventy millimeter. 70, yeah. You know, so I'm doing I'm doing one two to one because you're talking square. Yeah. You know. That, that's what it was back in the day, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s. That's it was one two to one. It was yeah. square, you know. Then you got one eight five. You got one three five. You got one three three to one. I don't know if you know all the formats, but I was showing all those formats. Yeah. You know, so you there was a lot of difference, and you obviously you couldn't mask all. So I guess we're lucky we got it narrowed down to two. <laughs> right. Right. And, and honestly, we are. I mean, because there was yeah. the, over the over the history of of film. You know, there was a lot of different aspect ratios. But with know. digital now, I'm just sort of surprised that we can't just agree on, on one, you know. Um, and maybe there's, you know, I'm not a tech guy. There's, there's I, you know, I have a, there's some deficiency in my knowledge there, but maybe there's something I don't know. that's keeping. No, it's just, it's, just, it's just the filmmaker's choice on do they want to shoot the scope or flat, you know, and especially now there's not a lot of you know the, the uh, uh i know tarantino does and some people like that still shoot on actual film mm-hmm. but a lot of people aren't even shooting on film anymore no. you know you're shooting using using a, a, a you know using a, for example um uh, an imax camera because i know that's a name brand but you know or or panavision but yeah. you're, you're on digital media because you want a direct transfer you don't want to have any blemishes on, yeah, yeah. yeah and you don't want any blemishes because you know sometimes the film even filming there can get minor damage to the film and you end up with those blemishes on your on your finished product so um but yeah i i think i think i think that's one thing hollywood needs to look at is 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 they need to go hey what's keeping us and i haven't and again i haven't researched it enough to see if anybody's even talked about it or studied it but what's keeping us from just picking a format and you know we're in the digital age now you know at home you play a movie it'll automatically convert it to 16 yeah 16 by 9 yeah. you know it's automatically gonna do that and fill your screen for you so but you lose image on the sides right when they do that i think i've seen yeah it, or, yeah when they transfer right. it to us yeah if it's if it's shot if it's shot in scope and then you blew it up i mean obviously yeah, to, to, to fill that up you lose the sides yeah or they so, do pan and scan on some, but and those, uh, that's off. That's that's the worst thing ever. I hate pan and scan. Well, maybe guys. we should ask the guys on that website. I bet they know. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's something that they definitely should look. If they haven't, they need to look at that. You know, hey, instead of instead of building these theaters with a flat screen and then you you got 
wasted screen top and bottom. Let's let's make a scope screen and fill yeah, my large scope. format screens. Like I mean, you've been to my last theater. I mean, mm-hmm. dude, when it's when it's scope, you're losing tons. I mean, it's a yep. it's a huge screen. And I mean, if you add up the the measurements on both the top and the bottom together, I mean, it's well and that's where the masking comes in because i think you know for the untrained eye for the for the casual movie watcher they don't know yeah yeah for somebody that's been around as long as i have and you have yeah i've I mean, noticed that, that. Yeah. i don't want to see i want that i want that masking that so it's nice and crisp because because also as as they as they as and i'm sorry if i'm getting off of your subject no, man this is cool the, i like the, this. the technical the technical aspects of the movie business and i don't know how familiar you are fortunately i've been fortunate enough to working in in these art houses and and building screens so i'm a little more uh yeah, i mean i've opened enough theaters and i've been a projectionist long enough that i you know i have a decent amount of familiarity with all of this so so as the as they you know the ideal sight line is 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 directly middle up and down left to right of the screen mm-hmm. as they change the sight lines Okay, as they take a lot of these screens and start curving them, when you don't have that masking, you see, you know, you see it start to get turned into degrades. a rhombus. Yeah, it degrades. Well, it turns into a rhombus. It spreads mm-hmm. out. So, so then you got stuff hanging off the sides. You know, then you're losing, you're losing top and bottom, but you got stuff hanging off, and the picture's not square anymore. It's, you know, you, you start to get that um, trapezoid-looking shape. Sure. So. So if we go back to okay, they Hollywood, right? We want to shoot one eight five, we want to shoot two three five. That's what we. That's just what we want to do. Then when they build these theaters, you know, and you can't tell me that they can't do it. They need to look at these sight lines and get these sight lines straight. Get a straight screen. Get the screen square. Then the masking is not going to be as critical. But it, it, when you start curving screens, when you start getting this trajectory up. And 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 the digitals do pretty good, you know. Unlike back in the day, you had to take the aperture plate out and take a file to it, you know, to make sure. <laughs> oh man, if you did that at my company, death will become you for sure. <laughs> well, filing an aperture plate. Oh yeah, because there's been, I mean, I know a handful of GMs out there back in the day. You know, it's 35 millimeter. They they did that. They filed their own aperture, and uh, um, holy shit, man, that there was hell to pay when that happened. So. Well, it, 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 if you knew how to do it and you, and you, you know, it's just minute, it's not a lot. Yeah. Oh but, yeah, you know, I some, agree. But if somebody jacks up an aperture plate, you got to show this film then you're going to take another aperture plate because that's one thing people, you can't go, okay, I'm going to take aperture plate off of two and put on three. It's right. not going to work. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes it may be so far out you can't file it, but you know, there's changes that got to be made. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's some, some tweaking, you know, again, the 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 overall overall the movie business you know love it but you know there's some idiosyncrasies when you start getting behind the scenes mm-hmm. of going from film to digital changing the screen changing the sight lines you know because you know you put in recliners or you're converting slope to stadium you're converting stadium to to recliner you know the, the projectors sometimes the have to be raised up or, or lowered or moved you know to to get these sight lines mm-hmm. For the most part, most of them are centered left to right, but not a lot of them not are centered top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard. So and then and then you know obviously uh, um, I'm a big film fan, so I kind of miss the sound in the booths. You know, yeah. um, the clackety clack. Yeah, yeah. You know, you kind you kind of you kind of miss that. Um, and, and 
it's kind of hard. You can't you can't hear problems anymore. Yeah. I mean, unless it's something glaringly obvious. Right. Uh, I miss that too. Like walking through, like my office is used to be up in the booth, you know, and right. you'd know as soon as you walk out of the office, you can hear or not hear, you right. know, because every projector has its own personality. Like I remember yep. this one theater I worked at, number six had its own sound. Like you knew if number six was playing or not playing. And if you knew it was supposed to be playing and you didn't hear that, that knocking that you're accustomed yep. to, it's like, uh oh. Either that intermittent went out or that projector's down or something, you know, something, right. something's right. up. So right. I miss that too. Because yep. oh. I mean, even when you had, you know, you had, and you obviously you had plenty of warning lights for that because, you know, when you were in the booth, you know, and, and, you know, I miss those shifts too, those booth shifts where you're up in the booth your whole shift, you're threading, you're monitoring everything, alarm goes <laughs> off. You can almost hear once you get near the projector. Okay, you got a brain wrap. Did it wrap in the projector? You know, yeah. did it did it destroy the intermittent? You know, whatever uh, the problem may be. Yeah. Which you know, again, once they went to that polyester film, okay, well, it doesn't catch on fire. Well, great, it stretches. But now it's too strong. <laughs> well, yeah, it stretches and it causes static beyond belief. Oh man, I used to have uh, in Fort Collins the original theater I worked up there. Um, Prince used to fly off all the time you know, when we first opened, because it would just, it would stick, and then it just would not, it wouldn't take up correctly, and then you walk up there, and there's a print hanging halfway off the platter, you know, is it going around, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, and we, and there was all kinds, of, you know, they had the sticky poos that would stick on the platters, yeah, yeah. and then we actually, you know, we had the, um, for you the real the, creative. <laughs> yeah, well, we would make rings that would actually clip onto the platter yeah. to hold the film, so it wouldn't slide off, yep. you know, and mm -hmm. then, and then, you know, you run into prints like Titanic. They're too long. You're, you're lucky if you have an inch left on uh -huh. the platter. You Dude, know, Titanic's you have to put a ring on it. so long, it warped our platters. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's so damn heavy, you know. But and, yeah. And, 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 and carrying that thing to a different house, <laughs> you know, when they change. Because you can't clamp it, right? <laughs> Although I know guys that don't like to clamp movies, and it's like, you're crazy. Well, I, always, I always clamp movies and put them on a board. We yeah. have boards and clamps. I didn't always put them on a board, but we would always team We would team it. You know? Well, that big, always on a board. Yeah. You would you would leave the ring in because you had the boards that, the, that yeah. the pins would go into the board. You would four clamp it you know yeah, yeah risking yeah. dropping that sucker and two or three of you would carry that to where it needs to go do you, you hear know, me tell jeff just... i dropped i dropped apollo yeah. yeah. and i remember so i was standing there was two of us working in the booth and uh it might have been a thursday or something and i i was trying to just slide it onto the platter i didn't clamp it like an idiot and i slide <laughs> it onto the platter and it's just went brrr, like all the way down my body and i remember my friend ryan was threading the projector like just just to the left of me and i was like ryan he's like what up i was like i need your help give me a second no man i need your help now <laughs> he looks over he's like oh no i was like yeah i bet you clamped every movie after that hell yes i <laughs> I mean that's only one example of some of the just crazy ass stuff that i've right. seen well, I've I've watched projectors get destroyed with polyester film. Oh, same. And you yeah. and you lose a whole reel. You damage the projector where when it was acetate, two frames. You're back in yeah. business. Yeah. Just pop and you're done. You're back in business. You know. So yeah, there's, there's been a lot of changes. So my whole career, all that, my whole career, put all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. My whole career was polyester, so I I didn't I never worked with acetate. Was it really catching on fire that easily? Well, it, it was back when they were doing carbon art. Mm -hmm. And and it, you know you had a lot of 
a fire potential there because you're, you know, you're actually, it's like welding. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with carbon art projectors, yeah. but yeah. it was like welding. Uh, the only the only time you really run into fire is 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 when you lost it in the projector, you know. So instead of seeing that polyester melt that everybody's seen because uh -huh. they've done it in movies just uh -huh. for the just fun for the of effect, it, yeah. you ran the risk of potential fire there. But I, I in 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 my time, and you know, and I dealt especially when that when you go into these uh, um, when I first started, it, it was kind of phasing out. It was mostly polyester, but yeah. working in these art houses, a lot of these old films, they're still on they're acetate. Still, still acetate, yeah. So never, never, never talked to anybody personally that went through the fire, you know, but it was just, you know, it's, it's always, well, we've got to make things safer. Mm -hmm. That's great, but you got to think about other parts, you know, the static mm -hmm. issue. You know, nobody ever thought, oh, we're going to do polyester. They probably never thought about that, yeah. Right. You know, Did it'll, you it'll stretch. in your booth? Yeah. Had to. You, we had yeah. humidifier and sen we had sensors everywhere. Yeah. You know, then you would you would have uh, anti-static spray. Yeah. You would take dryer sheets and dryer hold sheets. them on top oh my of God, it. I remember that. Yeah. 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 But but the big the big thing was we had um, and NAI NAI was really I mean you had sensors you had at least you know sixteen screen you would have four or five humidity sensors that you would go around and check and you know you have to keep track of it and then sure. you had humidifiers that you would sit through the booth you know, in the, in the wintertime, never in the summer, but you know, yeah. <laughs> in, in the, in the wintertime, you know, you would, you would be running them suckers all the time because mm -hmm. it would just get so dry, you know, especially okay. if you had a harsh winter to where that heat was running a lot. Well, here in Colorado, it, man, it does not. Oh yeah. I mean, it's I so remember dry. coming and visiting you. It, it was you unbearably dry. <laughs> no, but I was drinking water. I'm like, why am I so thirsty? Yeah. I'm just, Altitude I drink a lot of water, man. but yeah. man, it was something else. Yeah. Yeah. And the altitude that first night is sleeping. I'm like, why can't I breathe at night? <laughs> you know, I wake up like, oh, I'm like, man, this air is thin up here. When I first moved here, it was 2000. And, and literally the very first thing I did, my theater was under construction. So the very first thing I did is I just drove straight to my theater. I wanted to see it. Right. I was excited. And I pull into the parking lot and then I like get out and I ran up the the stairs on the outside of the building that went up to the projection booth and I ran up the stairs I where I thought I was going to throw up when I got to the top. I was like, Oh, Oh shit. Like, that was a bad idea, <laughs> so, okay. So after that first theater that you worked out, where'd you, where'd you go from there? Whew, man, you're going way back. Um, yeah, you're old B. <laughs> um, i trying to remember. I think I think when I left there, I went to another. It was a um, I'm trying to remember. Let me think about this. Uh, golly, it's going back. Yeah, I think I went to a two screen uh, sub run. That two, was okay. Yeah, um, it was the the company that used to own the mall that sold out to NAI. They still had some. Most of their stuff was north of here. Because this was closer to um, Cincinnati, Dayton, and then they, you know, they bought everything in Cincinnati. NAI did, so they pretty much owned Dayton and Cincinnati. So, but they still had a, they still had a, some drive-ins because NAI didn't do drive-ins, not there. They did yeah. some, but not there. And then uh, they had a, they had a two two-screen, um, two two-screen sub-runs. Um, at one, I actually know one because. Because NAI did buy the was other. Was it built one. that so, way or was it twinned? Did they? It was. It was twinned. Yeah. yeah it was. It was. Uh, no. 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 Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I think it was twinned. 
I think that one was no, no, it was built as a twin because they had a they had a um, an identical theater that I bought on the other side of town that was twin, and then they added three on the back. Mm, okay. Jeff actually ran that theater. They added three on the back. Well, here's the caveat: they didn't attach them, so you had to carry so money to out the, the back around. to the front. Yeah, you had to go all the way around the building. If something happened, you had to run all the way around the building. Oh, so yeah, yeah, it wasn't it okay. wasn't it wasn't it was needed. You know, they yeah. needed the extra auditoriums, but when it was done, and it was done by the prior company, not by NAI. So mm. um, he was telling me about how those his auditoriums were like all over the place at one theater, one of the theaters he worked at. At the at the mall at the mall when he was at the mall you had theater you had cinema one yeah um, and then five through eight was on the other side of the mall so on the same side but like on the so you had to drive down so you have you know you'd have you know uh, two managers at the at cinema one and then you have two more managers down at the other place you know because mm. you had to run both places so basically separate theaters yeah. well like I said it used to be when I started in eighty eight you also had two, three, and four upstairs. So, you know, you had a, you had a manager at one, you had a manager at two, three, and four, and you had a manager at five through eight, you know, cause you had the, you had one manager yeah, director running the whole thing, but you had managers. And then you're, like I said, in your staff, you would hire in and go, okay, we're going to assign you to cinema one, or we're going to assign you to two, three, and four. We're gonna assign you. And obviously did they, they compete. Would, like did the employees, like, did they, you know, no. we're all on the same team because they would have to trade people off. Cause you got people calling off. Yeah. Just, you know, sometimes yeah. kids get competitive because I like when I worked Not at back the, in that day. Not the back mall, in like we were competitive with the, the plaza, the one in the parking lot. And it was like, they were the snobs and we were the ghetto. Like it was stupid. <laughs> it was just dumb, you know? Yeah. We didn't even know them. I mean, some of them knew each other, but you know. I think the big thing with that one was is because everybody, you know, there were very few people that didn't end up working for whatever reason at all the different places. So, you know, we were all on the same team. We all knew it. You could go watch movies wherever you wanted. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it was still like one, a, is it still considered one theater, one organization? Yeah. It yeah, was an eight, okay. it was an eight plex. It was okay. considered an eight plex. So you had, you know, managing director, general manager. I like managing director title better, but Great title. You know, general yeah. manager, same, same thing. <clears throat> and then you would have, you know, other managers. Um, I think, I think at the time I was there, there was probably, you know, half a dozen or so managers, but you know, you'd have one at the three, two, three, and four, one at down to find the one at the, and obviously the managing director's office was at cinema one, because yeah. that was the, you know, the, the flagship. Yeah. So and they you, showed- Were you an employee or a manager there? When I started in 88, I was an employee. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I became I became a manager in 90, 90 something. And then I became a general manager in 94. Okay. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I went to so I went to work at this twin, and then from there I went to the um, went to the art house, um, and that different was a, that uh -huh. different company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this was you know this was a, a chain, like I said, that they sold out. They still have some locations in Ohio, and this was just this this theater was actually owned by the city because oh, really? it was yeah it, it got to that point because when it was first built, um, it was it was autonomous, and then it was about to crash and burn, and of course only movie theater in downtown yeah. so, so like historical the, the city partnership now nah, it wasn't historical but no. the city 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 it was called citywide development they stepped in and and basically took it over hmm. so it was, would stay open so it was a single screen uh like i said uh, had an outside box office uh, we sold we had real butter for the popcorn i mean we would one pound blocks put it in the <laughs> butter machine and mail it every day um and then <clears throat> we decided to do um, the Cinerama thing. So we closed down for 
a couple weeks. We had to take out a bunch of seats, you know, build the frame, get the strips in from London, you know, build the Cinerama screen, build the three, bust a hole through the block wall for the one projector and build platforms for the other two. Of course, you lose all those seats. And we were like, it was supposed to be a short run. Man, it went for years. selling out. Because people were coming from all over the world. And I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, people were coming over from all over the world to see Cinerama because couldn't see anywhere else. So, you know, we were showing this is Cinerama and how the West was won. So, you know, that's the two big ones in in the Cinerama thing. So we showed showed how the West was won more because that was an actual movie. You know, this is Cinerama was just showing you what Cinerama was, you know, riding roller coasters and stuff like that. So kind of like how IMAX started out with just nature and, you know, right yeah right and i think i think eventually he did he did we did show it's a man 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 world a few times but that print was really rough (laughs) there wasn't well there wasn't a lot of them around and it was you know you really had to make sure that you took care of that one so it was a little older so 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 yeah then i did that and then uh then i went to another mall a different mall different company and um um i was the general manager of that theater it was a it was a sub run theater. Um, the mall the mall was when I first got there it was great, but then the mall started to decline. There was a there was a big fight that turned into a riot. And, Holy shit! And then, um, and they tried to say it was at the theater and it wasn't. A kid, some kids were playing around and one kid elbowed the wall the window to the wall and it just shattered. It was just innocuous, but then that ended up starting other people thinking something happened. So everybody started fighting, and then every police and then you know, no universe came. People got arrested and pepper sprayed. And I mean, it was a big kadoo, and it's all over the news. It was like, well, it started the theater. No, it didn't. It started in front of the theater. We had nothing to do with it, but you know, you get bad press. Oh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't take so the mall as a whole started, you know, going in the toilet. So eventually, that one, um, they had three locations, they had one there, one in Baltimore, one in Detroit, and then. Um, they eventually just closed because like, you know the rent at a mall is ludicrous anyway. So sure. tenants went down, so it, it finally went down. So then, um, then from there, <clears throat> um, I, w- I was I was out of the business for a couple years, and then I went back to NAI, and that's when I that's when I ended up. I had met I had met uh, Jeff years before, but that's when I actually started. We started working together. So okay. back at the mall, and then you know I've pretty much been for the most part, I've been in it, you know, since, since that point, pretty consecutively. I think you I took Jeff another, the same age, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, so I started, I started a little bit before he did, but, you yeah. know, yeah. He, he stayed with the same company, and I, you know, I just, I, I was, you know, I was an impetuous, uh, impatient kid, so you, you, you offer me a better position with more money, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, see ya, <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, I've my, worked for all all the chains. You know, pretty much all the big chains now. I've worked for them. So yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it's been a good career. You know, like I said, like I said the job, the job overall. And you know this too. It's it's, it's a fun job. It's easy. There's nothing really. It's aggravating. You know, the guests. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes sometimes you know, corporate people can be aggravating because you know I think that for whatever reason um, they forget where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and I, I, you know, I'm big on, and I don't know you are too, listening to your people. Yeah. And I think sometimes as, he, as these companies have grown so large, and I think we touched on this before, 
they went from privately held most of them to publicly traded their people don't seem the views and opinions of those on the front lines are not as well received as they used to be because the stockholder, the shareholders is all that matters. What's my dividend? You know? So I think, I, I think from when I started till now, uh, not trying to be negative at all, cause I'm not, but the, 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 the nature of the business and the way the business operates has changed diametrically. It has changed. You know? yeah. Unless, unless you're working for a smaller company, if you're working for one of the big companies, again, it's all about the shareholders. Well, it's not about smaller ones have their own challenges relative to the sure. big ones. Cause and just as, just as large of a challenge in, in certain ways, but like with the, with the bigger companies and like what you're speaking to, as far as not listening to the people, it's, it's interesting. Cause a few years back, uh, um, like a high level VP was telling me one day he was in my office and he even recognized he was telling me something. He's like, I understand that's easy for me to say this when I sit in the ivory towers, you know, where our home office is. So at least he was cognizant of the fact that he's disconnected, you know, relatively speaking. And, um, but you know, it doesn't change anything. <laughs> it's like, you can be aware of it. And, I don't, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and like criticize him because I understand that they're, they're pulled, you know, they have, they have a responsibility to shareholders and, and board of directors and things like that. And that's, that's gotta be a tough spot to be in. But as an employee, I have my own, you know, <laughs> my own things that I want to get done, you know? So. Well, I think some of the, some of the priority has shifted from the field and the people to the corporate office to please the shareholders. Yeah. You know, that, that's what I think and, and right, wrong or indifferent, you know, I think that that some people just need to stand up because mm -hmm. you know yeah you want the shareholders to be pleased but at what expense yeah. you know it's and tough I, to stand I, up for some people for a lot of people though when it is. politically speaking you know when you're when you're in a company a large company too and you know people want to advance or whatever it's like you got to be careful you know what you say or don't say or what you stand up for you know, with any, I mean, that's anywhere. I mean, look I at actually, Kaepernick and, and the 49ers and he was trying to do what he stood up for. Now the guy can't get a job. So not to turn this political, but I'm just saying it's every, you know, it could be every. Well, again, again, two, two things. One, you got to pick your battle. Two, you got to be respectful. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You know, so, so I, I think, I think if you can respectfully do stuff, you know, and you should be, you should be allowed you know, especially grown, experienced people should be allowed to have that conversation. That dialogue should be received and and <clears throat> thoughtfully and truthfully considered, not just lip service. Oh, we'll consider that. Yeah. Knowing darn good and well, they ain't going to listen to nothing you say. And you know, there's certain people in that company, especially when it comes to, you know, certain things that, that they are the foremost expert on everything. And no matter what you've dealt with in the field, your views and opinions are insignificant. And don't matter so and that's any company but. yeah i mean i've tried i i think i'm in good enough standing you know and and been around long enough i can certainly express my opinion and sometimes even my frustrations but it, you know i do like you said i, I pick my battles and i try to mm -hmm. and at the end of the day and i am respectful about it i'm, I'm certainly not gonna you know piss and moan to anybody about it so if I go to my supervisor or even their supervisor and, and express an opinion about something or whatever, but at the end of the day, if they say, well, look, this is what we're going to do. That's what you got to do. In my company, you exactly. know what you're going to do. And I have to, I can't exactly. find. So, uh, exactly. you know, and like so, I said, 
like I said, overall the business is 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 great. It's but it has changed, mm-hmm. and and I think it's going to continue to change. And this current situation well, sure we're in, I think it's going yeah. to change. Is is go when when it's when it's over and we go back to business, which you know sooner than later I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. It's it's still going to have a lasting change and effect on the business for years. I think. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be interesting to see where that actually does that does because of what's going to happen with the pent up demand does that does that put us back to where we used to be as far as staffing levels and 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 taking care of the guests or is it going to be more of the same of you know we don't care if you're getting overrun but you're only allowed you know to spend two two dollars and fifty cents on labor for the whole day you know (laughs) and that's and that's where you know i think the positive outlook is is okay they understand what everybody's been through and 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 is that you know, they're going to do whatever is necessary to make sure that your people are taken care of and that your guests are taken care of. And that's, that's what I, that's what I see for most of the companies. There's going to be exceptions, but I think that that's, that's what's going to happen. And I think, I think this is going to have overall, it's going to have a positive effect on the business. It is, it's going to change the business, but it's going to be positively because of all the pent up demand. I think it's going to positively affect the business as far as revenue. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I do, I, I agree as well. Like I, I hope, I think there's going to be a, a, a there's going to have to be a balance obviously because, you know, as everybody comes back from this and is, is, is working very hard to regenerate revenue again, you know, there's, there is probably going to continue to be pressure on ex- managing expenses and pay, especially payroll, but that's where it's like finding, you know, I think that's been a, a thing forever of finding that line between, you know, what's the right amount of payroll to dedicate towards every guest that's walking in the door. And I think some, some companies, some leaders do a good job with making sure that there is enough. And then you've seen, I've seen one company do an absolute horrendous job with it to the, to the point where, I mean, managers are running around with their head cut off constantly you know, yep. and, and it's just, and constantly stressed out. And it's a matter of like one, it, it, it's only going to take one tiny little thing before your whole operation has a meltdown because you can't deal with whatever just happened, you know, whether it's, I mean, back in the day, it used to be like you were running so lean that if there was a projector problem, a film problem, you only have one manager in the building and you're dealing with that whole problem and you can't deal with customers because your employees aren't trained. Well, you know what I mean? And it just melts everything down and you're, and that's, those are those days you remember forever, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I, I hope there's a good balance between, you know, being able to make money again and get people in seats again and, and, and still having the resources that we need. So. But I think it goes back to the shareholder thing too, to some degrees, because mm-hmm. if you're truly focused on the guest, I think your labor will control itself because yeah. people are going to come and, and you as a leader on site in your theater at your location, and no matter if you're in the same market, every location is different. Yep. Yep. I don't care if you're three miles apart or 300 miles apart, every location has a different their client, own core clientele, your yeah, yeah. own nuances. So if you really want to take care of the guests, you know, I remember back in the day when guests were the 100% focused, you had six ushers, you had six people, five people in a box off. You had somebody at customer service. Yeah. You had 20 concessionists, you know, including the, the two satellites in the yeah. main stand, you know, <clears throat> it was all about the guests and, and people were in and out, in and out, in and yeah. out. In and, and out. happy. 
and happy. Okay. And, I, yeah. and I think that's the thing you see sometimes. I mean, look, you know, as well as anyone, I like my payroll. <laughs> I like to be well staffed. And, um, and, and that's the thing. And I, I think I agree with you is like, if, if your guests are happy because you've got the right amount of people working there, they're going to keep coming back. It's when, it's when you have more of a short-term mindset and say, look, we need to slash expenses. We're cutting payroll then yeah, that works for a little bit to the point until suddenly those guests are like, well, every time I go there, I gotta wait in line for 30 minutes, you know, or every time I go there, there's the bathrooms aren't clean. And it's like, well, the bathrooms aren't clean because I got two ushers right now, you know, and you better hope you got a theater checker, because, you know, to make sure that everything is right. copacetic in the auditorium, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I will say like, I've, I've had a couple of supervisors in recent years who, even though there's a lot of pressure, the, the words out of their mouth is like, look, I'm not telling you to, to just slash your payroll. I'm telling you to staff according to business. So be mindful of that. I don't want you cutting and then suddenly your complaints shoot through the roof. Like just, you need to manage it well, you know, and I haven't, well, the, the beginning of this year was going to be the start of, you know, there was going to be some, some tightening of the reins a little bit of the belts a little bit, but Obviously, things have changed dramatically since then. Right. Um, but even then, it was like I, there was pressure, um, but there wasn't so much where I'm getting yelled at. It's just like, look, you you gotta, you gotta. Sorry, I just got a message on on this. Oh. App right um, you just got to do a good job with it, and, and you right. need to be able to justify why you're doing what you're doing and what you're gonna do to correct it, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and I think a lot of people, you know, you, me. Um, um, I know I'm the same way. I don't. I, I don't get a lot of pushback on on my my labor because it, it's where it needs to be. And it's controllable, and not be, it might not be the perfect number that the budget calls for, but it's it's where it's supposed to be. The problem is, is you have so many people out there <clears throat> that go one extreme or the other. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just it's just like any any back and forth. Yeah. Any any policy is created because people don't know what they're doing or, or can't handle whatever they're they're dealing with so you have people that use just way too much labor and hey you need to cut labor and they use way too much labor hey you need to cut labor they use way too much it's like look knucklehead stop using so much labor and then you have other people's like why am i getting 400 complaints a day yeah you know and your labor you're, you've saved you know fifty thousand dollars in labor this year what what's yeah. you know and then you're not going to get the budget next year because right you, you swung too far the other way yeah but right so it's like but you know, again, under the right under the right leader, knowing you as operating your business, then you then you know you can do stuff that you need to do and still take care of your guests. Yeah. Now there are companies as you discussed that have just you know lost. Them. And I think I and I, and I think it, it, they've crossed the line, yeah. But I think they went too far. But I think it's a lot of it is. And that's, of course, that's just my opinion because of where I've came from and what I see with guest satisfaction. <clears throat> but I think it's also part of some of these companies micromanage so bad because they don't have the right people in the yeah, right places. Yeah, I agree with they've, that. Pro they've promoted people based on need versus based on the ability to do it. Yeah. And they've promoted people over other people. Politics you know, because yeah. politics, yeah. yeah. Well, you're you're new to this company. We know you've been in the business for forty seven thousand right. years, <laughs> but this person's been with us for three. Yeah. Well, so you know, and, and I say this all the time, and you and you'll probably agree with this. It doesn't matter what company you work for. The movie business is the movie business. 
Everybody's got their own policies and procedures. Yeah. People got different POS systems. But the movie At business, the the day, it's the same. right? You're taking care of guests, uh, selling groceries, yeah. and putting movies on the screen. It's all the same principle, yeah. Right. And if you can learn that, if you can, if you can adjust to the policy. I mean, you, we both work for multiple companies as managers, right. and yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can purge your knowledge of one and adapt to the new one, you're fine. Because, like you said, leadership is leadership. In my opinion, I can, I can translate my leadership skills into really anything, but especially in movie theaters, you know, and still be successful as long as I can stay within whatever their core focus and directives are, right. you should be fine. Um, what I will say, one thing I absolutely can't stand that I always get nervous about is when I, when I go to a new theater, to a theater that isn't brand new, that I'm taking over for someone else and that other person did a terrible job of managing their budget. And so now I'm stuck with whatever shitty ass budget they put in place. And so then I got to, I got to take the heat because I'm trying to staff the way it should be staffed, but it wasn't budgeted for. And then you're like, all right, what am I supposed to do now? So, right. well, Hey man, we came up on an hour really, really fast. Um, you want to do two? I mean, I'm all, I'm all for it. <laughs> no, I think we're going to wrap it up. But I, want to do, I want to do it again. I want to do a part two okay. on this okay. uh, or even a part three, same thing with Jeff. And I'm going to do another one myself too, because I mean, we, you know, 30 years in the business, I think we, we still got a lot to touch on. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think I, I think it was an awesome conversation. So sorry I didn't come to you first. <laughs> I don't listen. <laughs> listen, I don't care. I'm just giving you a hard time. I know. You it, are. It, it, I think you understand the irony in what I said. So yeah, I do think it was, it was pretty funny. It was very, very ironic. So yeah. that was that was my whole point. <laughs> well, no, no slight on you. Not me being, you know, crying or whatever. It was just like, man, that's just ironic. That yeah. is so ironic. <laughs> so that's all. Cool. Well, thanks, man. And. uh yep. We'll wrap this up and then we'll do this again soon. No problem. Anytime. All right, brother. Take care. Too. That's the podcast, folks. If you're a fan of Karen Isn't Always Right, you can show your support in two ways. First, please share with your friends and get them listening. Also, please feel free to donate by going to anchor.fm forward slash Chris dash Fry, that's F-R-E-Y, forward slash support. Please visit kairpodcast.com, K-I-A-R podcast.com, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. New episodes are posted weekly on kairpodcast.com, anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple, and pretty much wherever you can listen to a podcast. The views and opinions on this podcast are solely that of the guest and the host and are not representative of any organizations or individuals. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.